morning to each of you this morning. Greetings in Jesus' name. I want to extend a welcome to everyone that has come out. I have some family here today, so it is an honor and a privilege to have them here. Uh, Jordan and Alicia, I believe you probably heard this message. I shared it up at Millmont, so just bear with me. You'll hear it a second time. So I appreciate you coming down and sharing with us this morning in Sunday school. So to start off this message, I have a question for you. Uh, and that is, what is the most abundant natural resource on our planet? Anyone can say that if they think they know it. Lamar says water. That is correct. Uh, I asked that question up at Millmont. They said air. So I'm not sure if that's a natural resource or not. But that's, that's the one I'm looking for, water. Uh, be hard to imagine life without water. So water has always fascinated me. Um, I think that's just growing up and being a boy, I believe that just comes naturally. Uh, I haven't traveled a whole lot, but there are some water, bodies of water that I would like to see, and some of that is maybe clear tropical water, uh, wherever that might be. Another place that would really interest me is Switzerland. Uh, you see pictures of their lakes. Uh, this, you can see clear down to the bottom, bluish green. They also have a lot of waterfalls over there. So I don't know if I'll ever get the privilege to see any of those places, but water has always fascinated me. Uh, if it's a waterfall or a restless ocean, the ocean is constantly moving. Or maybe it's a raging river. Uh, I do enjoy getting out and paddling and canoeing. Uh, I did whitewater one time. I think that was enough for me. But I enjoy watching a raging river. Uh, it's very powerful. Or a quiet lake. Uh, all of it. And water has been used ever since the beginning of time. And some of the things that fascinate me uh, is water is used in the power for powering a steam engine. Uh, if you ever took a train ride or seen a steamer, it is used to power that, that big piece of steel down the tracks or out in the field. Uh, it was also used in water wheels. Uh, there's still a lot of grist mills in operation today just for our entertainment. Uh, it's just fascinating what man has come up with. More recently, water has been used in generating electricity, turning trees into paper, manufacturing steel, irrigating crops, just a few of the things that water is used for. It's also used to clear my throat. And we have a very large body of water right outside here, uh, just across 
1115, and I thought I would share a few facts about that river. It's a pretty amazing river. Uh, it is the longest river on the American East Coast. It's starting in uh, Cooperstown, New York, and flows the whole way to the Chesapeake Bay in Maryland. And that is called, considered the main branch of the Susquehanna. It's approximately 444 miles long from source to the mouth. It is also the longest non-commercially navigable, navigable river in the country. Okay, so we don't see tugboats pulling barges up and down this river. And most rivers this size, you would see that. And what, one of the questions I had when I was looking into the facts of this river out here, um, how much land does that drain? You start thinking about it. And so in my research, this came up. And it's hard to wrap your head around it because you're seeing numbers. But if, if you go on a map, you can go online and it'll give you a map of the area the Susquehanna drains. But it drains approximately 27,500 square miles. That, it's hard, hard to even wrap my mind around that. And that is including nearly half the land area, land area in PA. So a lot of water going down that river. And I was also interested in how much water it dumps into the Chesapeake Bay every day. And I found those numbers as well. Uh, again, our God is huge. And it's hard for me to wrap my mind around the numbers that came out. but an average of 22 billion gallons daily into the bay. Okay, I don't even know where to start uh, with that, uh, how to wrap your mind around it. But it broke it down to the minute. It's 18 million gallons a minute. I still can't wrap my mind around that. Our God is great. So I also have a few more facts here. I'll try to go over them slow enough that uh, they might sink in a little bit. So the first one, nearly 97% of the world's water is salty or otherwise undrinkable. Okay, so most of that is probably ocean. Another 2% is locked in ice caps and glaciers. That leaves 1% of all humanity's needs. Okay, so we have one, access to 1% of the world's fresh water for, for, for the world to use. If the entire world's water were fit into a gallon jug, the fresh water available for us would equal only about one tablespoon. So that breaks it down a little smaller. 780 million people lack access to an improved water source. 85% of the world's population lives in the driest half of the planet. Here's one that stood out to me, uh, our lifestyle here in America. 
Various estimates indicate that based on business as usual, three and a half planets Earth would be needed to sustain a global population achieving the current lifestyle of the average European or North American. So the way we use water here in America, if everybody in the world would use it like we did, uh, we would need three and a half more planets to accomplish that. So think about that next time you just let the water run. In just one day, 200 million work hours are consumed by women collecting water for their families. Uh, so if Christian Aid has programs where they go uh, put wells in for less privileged and maybe desert areas where this is done. So a lot of work is put into just gathering water for the family. And we have been blessed with rain lately. I think when I preached this stuff at Millmont, it was still a little dry. Well, actually, their basement was flooded that morning, I think, when I was there. So things were changing then. But Chile is the driest country, and it receives just 0 0.03 inch of rain a year while in northeast India they receive 467 inches of rain a year so kind of put that in perspective Pennsylvania's uh, annual average is 41 inches water is very important to sustain life a person can live about a month without food, but only about a week without water. But there is another source of water from which life is sustained. And that's what I would like to look at this morning. The title of my message is Living Water. And you can turn to the Gospel of John, chapter 4. John 4, and I'm going to read from verse, verse 1 to verse 15. Very familiar account, but we're going to read it. When therefore the Lord knew how the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself baptized not, but his disciples, he left Judea and departed again into Galilee, and he must needs go through Samaria. Then cometh he to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near the parcel ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus saith unto her, Give me to drink, for his disciples were gone away unto the city to buy meat. Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, askest me of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, 
Thou wouldest have asked him, and he would have given thee living water. The woman saith unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence then hast thou that living water? Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well, and drank thereof himself, and his children, and his cattle? Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. The woman saith unto him, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. The story does go on, but we're going to stop there for, for this morning. And so for this uh, message, I laid it out as, first of all, we have a problem. Then we have a solution, and then we have an action to take care of that problem. So we're going to be going in that order. Okay, so first we have a problem, and that problem is thirst. I believe uh, Jesus was probably thirsty. That's probably why he sat near the well. It says, Jesus therefore being wearied with his journey. And in some translations would say he sat wearily at the well. So I believe Jesus was thirsty. Can you remember a time when you were extremely thirsty? I, personal experience of mine, me and some of my friends uh, did an overnight backpacking trip and being young and inexperienced, we did not have enough water with us and halfway out the trail the next morning, we were out of water and all the springs were dried up along the trail. And I believe that's the thirstiest I've ever been in my life. Uh, I remember that quite well. The first gas station we got to after we got back, we stopped and bought gallons of water. So Jesus was thirsty, and we have the woman coming to the well, and I believe she was probably there because of thirst as well. But what I would like to bring out is that she was also spiritually parched. Now, we did not get into that part, but if you go from 16 on down, Jesus points some things out to her. I believe she was spiritually thirsty, and she was quenching that thirst with the wrong things in her life. We all have been giving, given uh, a longing or a thirst. It's something that God gave us. He did not force it on us uh, to be followers of him. But he gave us a choice. And in each of us is a thirst or a longing. And we have a choice on how we're going to quench that. I have two passages of scripture here, and it gives a contrast of how some people quench their thirst that God has given them. First one is from Jeremiah 2.13. And he says, God says this about his people, Israel. 
For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and hewed them out cisterns, broken cisterns that cannot, that can hold no water. So here God says to his people Israel, you've for, forsaken me, the fountain of living water. And instead you went and hewed out cisterns, which back in the day when this was written, was they probably hewed out of rock, uh, a place to store water. It was not a fresh source. And he said, most of them are broken and they can hold no water. Contrast that with uh, Psalm 42, 1 and 2, and this is in the NIV. As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, O God. My, thir- my soul thirsts for God, for the living God. So we can see the difference. There's two ways to quench your thirst. How are you quenching your thirst this morning? That brings us to the solution. There is only one solution that will truly satisfy. So in the physical sense, here in this story, the well quenched was could quench the thirst. Um, Jesus, if he drank from the well, it doesn't really ever say, he could have quenched his thirst with the well, as well as the woman. She was there to draw water. But in a spiritual sense, Jesus is the only solution to, to the thirst. Go to verse 13 in the scripture I read there. Jesus said, answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this well shall thirst again. I believe that could have spiritual implication as well. Um, If you're drinking from the wrong source, you will become thirsty again. And in my studying, I, I saw this one place that Jacob's well only collected rainwater and dew. It was not a fresh source of water. I had to kind of compare that. Um, it didn't, doesn't seem like fresh water to me. Uh, almost seems stagnant, maybe. And so often, it's easy for us to drink from the shallow wells of this world. The water's not fresh. It might seem to fill us for a time, but eventually, like Jesus said, whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. We're going we're gonna to have to go back for more. We will become thirsty again. It's going to leave us with an empty feeling. Moving down to verse 14 is where Jesus offered living water. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. So Jesus is the only solution to a parched, empty, and dying soul. Jesus is offering this to you and to me as he did 
that day to the woman at the well. It says, come and drink freely from this fountain of water of life. If you go back up to verse 10, he says it is a gift from God. It's nothing we can do to earn it. God wants to give this to us. So we have the problem, we have the solution. Now there's an action required. And that action is to drink. To quench thirst, whether physical or spiritual, we need to drink. And as I read in the facts about water, you can only live so long without it. And I believe that's true for this everlasting water. We won't live without it otherwise. Not consuming water will result in life-threatening conditions. And if we don't ever take from the well of everlasting water, there will also be life-threatening conditions at, at the end of our life. One fascinating thing that Jesus says about this water is in verse 14. Towards the end, it says, In him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. So as we, as we drink in this water that Jesus is offering us, what I take out of that wells of water springing up we're not going to be able to contain all of it as we drink in from that everlasting water but it's going to come out of us and flow around to others who who need it as well i don't believe jesus intended for it to stay in us it's going to come out we will be able to tell what well we're drinking from or what well others are drinking from Jesus referenced that again. If you want to turn there to John 7, verses 37 and 38, he, ta- he brings this out again, how it's going to come out of us. John 7, 37 38. In the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scriptures hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Okay, so there Jesus invites us to come and drink from the well of living water. And he says, out of our innermost being, it's going to flow out of us. It's going to be evident. So the action is drink. I would like to leave us with a challenge. Does your spiritual life seem dried up? Is your spiritual faucet dripping? Okay, it's not, it's not coming out at 
at full potential? Are you not feeling refreshed and full? Have you been drinking deeply from the well of living water? Only a sip here or a swallow there is not enough. And I believe drinking from the well of living water is not a once and done deal. We need to keep coming back to that well and we need to drink again and again and again. I kind of like liken it to Bible reading. We don't, some books we read through them and we put them back on the shelf. We need to get our Bibles out and read them again and again. I believe that's one way to drink from this well. Take time to drink in what you read. Immerse yourself in Bible reading and studying. Allow the living water to cleanse, fill, and refresh you. Take time to talk to God and take time for God to speak to you. I believe those are some ways we can drink from this well. Or maybe you're here this morning and you never drank from that well. Maybe you're feeling empty and dry because drinking from any other well is not going to satisfy us. This morning, Jesus is offering to you this living water. And it's free. It's a gift from God. And he's saying, come and drink. So at the beginning of the message, I talked a little bit about possibly traveling to see, to see water, wherever that might be. But turn with me to Revelation 22. This is one body of water I do not want to miss, and I don't want you to miss either. Revelation 22, the first verse. And he shewed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. Okay, there's nothing on this earth that will compare to that, to that body of water. And I'm looking forward to seeing that someday. And I believe that's the desire of each one of you as well. So again, just want to challenge each of you. What well are you drinking from? What well am I drinking from? May we all be together there someday around the pure river of water of life. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Dear Father in heaven, I thank you that you have sent your son Jesus to come and give us life and give it abundantly. And Lord, I pray this morning that we could 
drink from the well that truly satisfies. Father, as we drink, that it would flow out of us to those around us for a light and a witness. Lord, so often it's easy to not drink from this well in our busyness. But Lord, I just pray we could take the time to look into your word and just to drink deeply from what you have given to us there. And Lord, I pray if there is anyone here this morning that is struggling to drink from that well or has never drank from that well, that you would touch their heart this morning and that you would tell them to come and drink freely, for it is a gift from you. Lord, I just pray that each one in this room can be gathered around that pure river of water of life someday. pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.